Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I'm Trevor Sikkim. With me is Benjamin Solak. It is a Thursday morning or afternoon or super early morning or potentially evening or maybe even Friday that you could be listening to this podcast. There are a lot of options. There's a lot of options. I didn't even name them all. The ways in which you can digest the best NFL Draft Podcast on the internet. Consume the auditory goodness. Wow, that was the phrase I was looking for. Thank you for doing that so eloquently. We're talking about four more safeties today before we get to our top fives in Fan Friday tomorrow. Ben, what did you think about these group of guys that we looked at? Were there any ones that you super disliked? And if you say the UF guys, I'm just hanging up the podcast. Yeah, so I didn't like the two UF guys, and I like the other two guys. I'm not even lying. That's no, exactly I, how I feel. No, I know it's it's. And it's, to feel otherwise is incorrect categorically. You'll never hear me say anything bad about a player playing at defensive back university. But which guy do you want to start out with? Do you want to start out with the UF guys, or do you want to start off with some of the good guys? Do I have uh, to explain talk- to you the concept of a prospect double cheeseburger again? Okay, so right, so okay, I think there's one who's one player today who's quite good, one who's like there, he's decent, and then I think the two UF guys are bad. So is that just like the bottom bun is a little bad, soggier? Like what is the? How does that work in the cheeseburger? No, this is uh, that's not how it would go. That's that's not really how this would go. This you would say be like that a- like it was like a dumb thing that I just said, but that's again remember the cheeseburger thing has not made sense since the beginning. Oh, I'll just have to try again tomorrow. No, let's talk about the two UF guys. Um, Brad Stewart and Donovan Steiner are the two UF guys that we're talking yes. about is here. Is it Steiner? Is that how it is? I, I believe so, yeah. Okay. Um, we could just start with Steiner because I think that he was the worst guy that we watched. Yes, that is correct. Steiner, about 6'1", about 6'1", 200 pounds. Yeah, yeah. They list him at 200 pounds. So he's a leaner guy. Not a great athlete. Doesn't really have hitting power. Isn't that consistent in tackling? But, listen. Nope. Nope. The only thing I need Donovan Steiner to do is on 4th and 10 against Mississippi State with the game on the line, put a nice one right underneath Nick Fitzgerald's chin strap. That's all I need. So what if he won't have an NFL career? That's fine. Gator great. And that's okay, what I got I from watch him. This Miss- I didn't watch this Mississippi State game. So it was, <laughs> I mean, it was it was just by far his best play of last year. What it was is UF is in a really close game with Mississippi State. Mississippi, Mississippi State was driving the ball. The Mullen Bowl. Yeah, basically. Uh, they get to a 4th and 10 situation, and I believe there's three wideouts on the field, a tight end, and a running back in to help block. Um, Todd Grantham, who is Florida's defensive coordinator, goes cover zero and blitzes both safeties up the A-gap with an extra linebacker and perhaps an even another linebacker blitzing off the edge. Like, completely dominated the numbers game attacking the trenches and was basically like, if you don't get rid of this ball in two seconds, we're smacking your quarterback. And Nick Fitzgerald did not get rid of the ball in two seconds. And Donovan Steiner smacked him straight up high. And it was beautiful. And that's how the game ended. That was a a fun game, man. And so Florida won that game. Yeah, it was a good battle. Hey, uh, we've actually, we've watched a lot of Florida guys. Uh, It is 
Florida going to be good this year, yes or no? Yeah, I think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be good. Describe well, I, to me in terms of, let's say, a hypothetical win total of nine. How good are they going to be over under? Um, I said that they were going to win 10 games. So Here's the thing. I bet a lot of money on college football, which is not healthy, and I acknowledge that. <laughs> You make up for it's it actually, by eating. You you make up for it by eating weird healthy food. So it's fine. Do I eat weird healthy food? You said you had par- carrots and pancakes last night. So, but yeah, that was the virtue of the carrots were in my yeah, fridge. That was a cry for help, is what that was. <laughs> yeah, well, th- we're going to talk about that tomorrow. We're actually going to talk about also sports gambling tomorrow. But Fan Friday preview. Um, no, the reason I bring this up is because I'm looking at SEC. Uh, over-unders, and there's only one that I, I feel really good about, which is going under on Mississippi State, which that line has moved down since I took it, but I'm very tempted by Florida's over of nine, and I, I don't know the Florida team super well, but to the extent to which I know it and the extent to which I look at their roster, I think, and their schedule, I think that, yeah, I think this is a potential 10-win team, uh, and so I'm tempted by nine, but I wanted to hear if you thought you, you also think they're going to be a 10-win team. Anyway. Yeah, I, um, I think basically the big game on their schedule is, is Georgia, and I think yeah. Georgia's pretty beatable this year. I really do. Right, and so. that's the thing. And so because, like, if you if you cursory glance it, not easy. But they're going to beat Miami in week one on neutral. I'm very certain about that. Um, they get Tennessee early and Auburn early, which I think both of those are important. Because Tennessee is going to continue to get better this season. And so I think getting them early is nice. And I think Auburn typically is a team that likes to rise to occasions. They, they're undergrad small zone. They're historically better late in season than they are early in seasons. So that's nice. And then, yeah, you get Georgia at home and you miss Alabama. I mean, it's it's away at LSU, home versus Georgia. It's really all I'm, I'm like, all right, like let's pencil those in as losses. We're still a 10-2 and two team. we got to beat Miami on a neutral site and Auburn at home. And I think they can do it. Uh, and so, you know, barring like Vanderbilt, actually, oh, I dropped it. Barring Wait, Vanderbilt what did you just drop? Being, I dropped the, my cap from my water bottle. Oh. I have to hold something when, when I'm talking on the on the podcast. I have to like, be fiddling. But um, barring Vanderbilt, like actually showing up and being good, which I do not think will happen. But I mean, they really chance. could not tackle Keyshawn Vaughn last year. So, Right. And the thing is, like, Vanderbilt has – and for for the last few years, Vanderbilt has never had as much talent as they have right now. Uh, and so Vandy's a kind of a weird one, but yeah, I think Florida's a 10-2 team. Anyway. No, I agree. Donovan Steiner uh, lacks speed. He lacks yeah. size. He lacks right. the willingness to be physical. He's, un, he's unmeasured and unintelligent coming into contact and accordingly puts himself outside of position. He has no notable ball skills. Listen, you, you had Chauncey Garner-Johnson on this team, and we had to watch two Florida safeties, Brad Stewart and Donovan Steiner. At least one of them was going to be really bad. Like, that's, let's be honest. Right. That just statistically, you're probably not having three good safeties on your team, even in Florida. <laughs> right. Uh, and Steiner's the young man out. Um, I like Davis. He's the other corner that they have. He's 31. He's to do with dreadlocks. But they rotated, like, Taylor and corner Davis or in. safety? They got another safety? Uh, uh, is Davis draft eligible? He might be a... No, I, I think mean, he like is. Chauncey basically Chauncey played a lot of nickel corner for them, and so you can kind of like you know it's empty things. Yeah. Uh, what what's this kid's name? Davis. I think it's Sean Davis. Sean Davis. Yeah, he's true junior. He's listed as third on their depth or like third string on their depth chart. They though. they rotate them in like Steiner and and Stewart would play. I didn't. I don't know if you noticed this on tape, but like Steiner and Stewart would play one unit, 
and then like another drive they would put taylor and davis in like yeah, they would Jaylen just taylor that's 29 right yeah they would just like swap yeah, units right i mean like they got they, they got some good players look at zbu what do you expect so yeah i'm not really a big i'm not really a big steiner guy i mean he's he, he's gonna play for, for florida and, and hopefully do good things because i'm a gators fan but i'm not super optimistic because yeah he's just not really an athlete and he's not a hitting power guy. He doesn't have a lot of strength when he's tackling. And like, if if you can't if you can't run or tackle, I, I mean, you're just a body. Like, I can't really, I, I can't really yeah, project listen, you to the next best level. Thing about, best thing about Donovan Steiner is that he makes a pretty sub average player and Brad Stewart look kind of good because they're both on the field at the same time. Yeah, I've watched both of them. I think I think Stewart's I think Stewart's pretty average. Um, I did think that he was significantly better than Steiner. Yes. in basically every aspect of, of athleticism and coverage and recognition and confidence and aggressiveness when tackling, like all this kind of, like basically across the board, I thought Stewart was better, but I wasn't blown away. I mean, the best tape from Stewart is after he got the interception at LSU that he returned for the touchdown, which basically like sealed the game. LSU was passing a bunch after that. And Stewart was kind of just flying all over the place because his confidence was so sky high because they were about to win that game. And he made the big play and he were to, so when he was, when his confidence was super high, he was kind of going crazy towards the end of that LSU game. But the rest of it, he's fine. I don't really know exactly how much of an athlete he is. So it's, it's not like it's super popped out to the screen to me. So I don't really know how much else, to, uh, what else to say about his game other than like I think it's well rounded, but nothing really stands out like traits wise for me from Brad Stewart, other than the fact that he wears number two, which is the best number. So and he has dope hair, so that too. Does he? I'm a fan. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I uh, what, what stands out to me with Stewart because I do think there's a, uh, a trait that I'm excited to hang my hat on. Uh, young man is he's a thick boy now. He's got some mass in that lower half. He did some squats. Uh, you know, and he's been yeah, doing them for clearly a while. bigger. And yeah, and he's he has a good first three steps to, to cover some ground and to get moving at top speed. I don't think his top speed is great, but I think he gets there quick That's fair. and he eats up some ground. And I think it's a lot because he's got that really explosive lower half. He's also, uh, I would venture to say he's sub six foot. So he's a little bit stockier and lower to the ground naturally. Uh, I think he's able to, to 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 eat up some quick ground, quick steps accordingly. He's got that short, powerful stride. I I don't know. Does he have sprinter background to him? I don't think he, I don't think he does because I actually tried to look this up. So yeah. I, because I I wondered because I, I didn't think when I'm looking up safeties and DBs in general, wide receivers too. I, I normally try to do this. Like I try to find if they're track guys. And so I, I didn't see anything from Stewart. Let me look. You could keep talking. I'll look extensively. No, yeah. I mean, I checked as well, and it's not on his bio for Florida. And so I typically seem not to know. I just didn't know if obviously it's, it's your school, if you, when you knew any better. But he, he looks like he's coming out the blocks at times. So I think he's really, he's got an impressive explosiveness profile in that five yard to five yard box he's playing in. And you brought up the LSU film. You see that he closes nicely mm-hmm. into the sideline when he's attacking outbreaking routes. And that's a good trait for a deep half safety to have. Uh, and, and yeah, Stewart is certainly better coming downhill and playing into contact. I do not think he is a well-experienced player and does not have great keys right now. I think he makes a lot of read mistakes that put him in bad situations when he's trying to fill against the run and also uh, will put him in bad situations when he's trying to read route concepts. He's either late to the ball or he's over-aggressive attacking ghosts that aren't really there and he puts himself outside of position. So we don't have a polished player, but I think we do have a plus athletic trait and explosiveness. I think you saw it translate into things like ball skills and things like effective tackles near the line of scrimmage. And so we build out from there. This is a guy who's a true junior who's really going into a 
his first year of potentially like full time starting. Like you said, there's rotations, but this is uh, he was not a significant snap getter last year, and you expect him to get more snaps now that they've rotated out a few guys in the secondary. So right. Stewart's the more interesting player. Like right Agreed. now, I have no reason to believe Steiner has an NFL future. Brad Stewart, I've got some stuff to to, yeah. to lay my hat on. I agree. We kind of came to the same conclusion there. Let's talk about Reggie Floyd next. Virginia Tech safety. Um, definitely a, a, a box guy. Was not asked to do a ton in coverage. He was asked to cover some tight ends, I thought, but it they weren't really like having this guy play deep zone. Uh, I didn't I didn't see him playing deep in, in single high or really too high at all. They wanted to keep him towards the line of scrimmage. They wanted to have him be a walk up player. He played near the linebackers a decent amount, and the kicking hit. And and when he hits you, you feel it. You know, yes, he'll, sir. He'll, he'll play linebacker. He'll give he'll he'll smack you in the mouth. And I think that he'll also probably fight you in the parking lot after the game. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's the vibe that I get when I watch Reggie Floyd. So um, he's just he's just a hitter, man. He's a tackler. I thought he was pretty sure in tackling, also really strong in tackling, whether it was truly squaring up on somebody or even not like non-ideal angles, I'll say, of getting into the ball carrier. He was a stopper, man. He could stop momentum. They showed he's got a lot of power to him. And so if you... I think he's a really good football player. That's what I wanted to say to him. I don't think you're ever going to ask Reggie Floyd to be a big coverage guy, but he's certainly a, a, a football player that I would like to have on a defense because of everything that he does in like the tough physical part of the game. You still know you still need those guys in the field. I still think he can get sideline to sideline decently well, although I think that certain athletic limitations are why he's not a big coverage guy. Let him go downhill. Let him pursue. Let him be a tackler. Let him do what he does best, and I think you're going to get a good football player in him. I mean, oh, dude, he's a, he like, like, I feel like if I were a mob boss, I'd hire Reggie Floyd to walk around behind me truly and shoot a, sunglasses. Truly a hit man. Yeah, like this dude, I mean, I think he probably collects the teeth that he knocks out and has them as a trophy case in his bed. <laughs> no, he's got them on a necklace. Right, exactly. He's a scout, he goes, he's a scalp getter, man. I mean, he, if he thinks he can line you up, and he's only right like seventy five percent of the time. He does get he does get a little reckless. Up, he does get a little reckless. Screaming in, and, and and it's impressive to watch. This is a this is a true two hundred and fifteen two hundred twenty pound player. Uh, and so we've got probably at the NFL level more so will more frequently line up as a linebacker than a safety. That's what we should expect. Yes. Um. Right. The physicality is is, is tremendous. Uh, I think that he plays wonderfully uh in flow i think that he's really good at tracking and keying a guy through the trash he knows when to knife underneath he knows when to scrape over the top and, uh, and he's effective getting through blocks as well because we have a really really physical guy he also and like we're talking about him up at the line of scrimmage he's effective coming downhill from high like if he's in, in the deep middle of the field which they didn't really put him single high and that makes a lot of sense but if you if, when he was right. deep mid, when he was deep middle deep half I mean, he's comfortable in terms of timing and in terms of, of, of tracking players in space, coming down and, and making high-quality physical tackles, not just in the mess, not just between the tackles and the trees, but in space and down the field. That's really impressive to see. Now, we got we, we to gotta dial things back. I mean, like, he's not at an 11. He's at a 19. Like, you know, he's really got to learn how to play under more control because otherwise, and you see this in, in multiple films that you watch of him, in terms of you, you see him against Florida State, you see him against Virginia. Um, don't listen to Ben. Just keep going. That? I said, don't listen to Ben. Just keep going, Reggie. Keep right, hitting people. Like, I mean, like he becomes a liability as a safety because you're the last line of defense. You have to be able to, to manage risk a little bit better. 
Um, Angles will be too aggressive. He'll he'll miss the force for the trees at time and just become super oriented on beating a block when you know you got to keep your outside shoulder clean and go make a tackle. Even like you know he wants to like you know blow the socks off the blocker and then blow the socks off the runner. Well, sometimes just you know stack a block, stretch a play out to the sideline and just escort a guy out of bounds. Mm-hmm. You know you can hit him later. It's a four quarter game. Yeah, uh, you, now you can cover- you can meet him in the parking lot after the game. There you go. From a coverage perspective, we have a player who is. Uh, um, uh, oh, I was reading uh, Jonah Tolls has a report of him up and I was reading Jonah's report and, and Jonah wrote more reactionary than his instinctive. That's a perfect way of describing it. Right. Floyd doesn't see it happen as it's happening. He sees it happen afterwards. Mm-hmm. And so and from a zone spacing and a route recognition perspective, he's just a click behind. And while he is an impressive athlete. Uh, at 220, even though he's he's moving around pretty quick for that size, he's not you know solving problems in, in recognition with his closing speed. This is not a a like a Jeffrey Akuda guy. Like I was talking about, Akuda could just get anywhere he wants to go. Like Floyd just doesn't have that speed, and he shouldn't. He's 220. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, yeah, from a deep zone perspective, he needs to become more privy to how combinations develop, more willing to feel. And, and react off of feeling in yeah. time with route concepts, he, in time with quarterback drops, instead of seeing it just looking for the hit. That way we get more plays on the ball, more pass breakups. We deny more pass attempts in general because we're connected earlier, and that's become an impact player against the passing game. So Floyd's interesting, and, and, and I mean, NFL teams are going to love him. Sure. It's just a question it's, of how... Yeah early can you justify yourself taking up there that's why i'm saying that's what i'm saying like this dude this dude's a football player like they're gonna they're gonna like this dude because of how aggressive and old school and physical i think that he plays i'm I'm with you i think he's got to get better in deep end coverage you've at least got to be able to play too high like i can't have you be that much of a liability or not anticipating things that well or not showing the instincts that well enough to where like i can't play you in a too high that's the baseline we talked about that earlier this week if you can't play with another safety next to you I have a hard time using you or keeping you on the field very often. Like, and if Floyd can't, then I don't know, pack a couple extra pounds on this dude. Maybe let him play linebacker or something, you know, like let him be a hybrid nickel linebacker maybe or something like that. Because you like, I think that what he brings to the table are things to enjoy, things to have on a football field, even in the NFL. But yeah, I think he's got to get better on the back end with coverage. Those are my thoughts. Hamza Nasirdeen from Florida State. Ben, I saw you. Yes, I saw you gushing over him on Twitter. You like him? <laughs> Do I like the six four two fifteen guy <laughs> who can cover Trevor? Let me tell you. Yes, I do. Give me all the shares, dude. We don't have a report up on this kid yet on the site. <sighs> I'm fixing that. <laughs> this, is, this, this, this is a good Trevor. This is a good player. I think I he's mean, got. Like, a, I think he's got a lot of potential. He's a good player on a bad defense, and it's, as a safety, that makes you look bad. But like, when you get into tape, man, listen. Okay, so okay, so six four two fifteen. I think he's every bit of it. I don't think it's significantly exaggerated. I think he's a true six three plus player. Um, this is, not, and he's playing deep middle. He's playing deep middle at two fifteen because he can move right. So we're talking about a guy with, I think. Mm, sideline to sideline range might be a little hefty, but it's close. Uh, this is a guy who, who can clearly cover ground. Now, his transitional quickness is the biggest issue that you have with him. As a man coverage defender right now, he is not industrious with his steps, which you need to be when your strides are as big as his strides are. Mm-hmm. But it takes you as long to rotate your hips because you're just such a big body. 
you need to have industrious steps. You need to be smart with where you're stepping. What is industrious? Okay, so I was going to ask you to explain to people what industrious steps would mean. Right. So, so you know, I, I, I use the terminology plant break drive a lot, right? And plant break drive is pretty much how we, we contextualize receivers getting into and out of their breaks. In terms of with one foot, the plant foot, we stop our momentum. With the break foot, we 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 place it in the ground at the angles such that we're like you know the the midline of our foot will be pointing towards the direction we want to go. And then the drive step is the step where we're on our toes, our hips are, we're on our toes, our hips are pointed where we're going to go. And that's how we fire out plant break drive, three steps, how we change direction. So when we talk about a, a corner, we want to mimic this footwork. We talk about the ability to take a break step, right? To drop that back foot such that again, the midline of the foot is pointed in the direction we want to go. Uh, and then we get on a drive foot, we get on our toes and we fire down, uh, downhill. We're closing on a route. We get up field, whatever it is that we're doing. Right. So this is, you know, it's a three-step process. If you're, if you're a, a CJ Henderson out of Florida and you're a smaller player, you're a little bit, uh, you know, shorter stride length and you have very quick feet, very fluid hips. Christian Fulton at LSU, very quick feet, very fluid hips. If you miss a plant break drive, if you fall step, you know, we say he fall step. So if you fall step, you take an extra step. Well, your foot frequency is so quick. Your linear explosiveness is so impressive. And your fluidity, your flexibility, your ability to change direction on a wind, keep your balance is so strong. Your hips are so open. If you miss a step, you're probably going to stay connected. Mm -hmm. And that's why at Elite Physical Traits solve problems for us. A Hamza Hamza Nasruddin. At 6'4", 215, who's not super explosive on a straight line. Like I think he's got long range. He's got long strides. But he's not, not super explosive. Mm-hmm. And then he's not – I think he's like – you know, he's decently loose. He doesn't have tight hips. But just think about how hard it is to open your hips. Like just think about opening your hips and then imagine your legs were five inches longer. It's just going to take more time. you got more mass. <laughs> sure. Physics. And it's going to go over a greater distance, right? So this is why you, you get worried sometimes about these high-waisted, leggy corners. Like, yeah, 6'1", 6'2", corners, 6'2", safety, great. But their transitions take longer because there's just more radius to cover. You need more power to get that leg moving, more torque. So for Nasruddin to make a mistake with his feet is more damning. It, it puts him in a worse situation than it does if you're a smaller fleet-footed defensive back. And accordingly, Nasruddin needs to be smarter with his footwork because it's more of a penalty on him when he missed stats. And right now he's not a super smart footwork player. Uh, so that's where our big gap is in terms of his man coverage ability. As a zone coverage defender, when you have the length that he does, as I said, I don't. It's a big super, deal. Big deal. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he's super linearly explosive, but he's fine. Mm-hmm. And then I think he's smart and he's physical. I think he's, yeah. he's, he's clever in coverage. He knows what he's looking at and how to get connected, and he's willing to play through receivers into the catch point. When you bring all that together, ball skills as well. He addresses the football. Yeah. We have a very strong zone zone defender right now, and he's played single high. He's played single high at six four two fifteen. Yeah, no, uh, Tracy, dude. I think there's a lot of potential to him. Um, I think he was a little unorthodox. Like I thought, he he ran super upright and he tackled super upright sometimes, and so that was a little weird to me. I just think that recognizing things a little bit better. But I, you know, he like you said, he played on a terrible defense, so it's really hard to play safety and, and really be exactly where you'd want to be to make an impact on the ball when you know the rest of your team is, is so bad around you. So I think that that all goes into it. I will agree with you. I think that, that his size is really alluring. I thought he was pretty smart in zone coverage, uh, and he was a lot stronger than I thought that he was going to be when tackling because I, look, I looked at his size now I, I'll admit I, I watched his tape before I saw the number of like how big he is, and when I saw him on tape, I was like, all right, this guy's a little bit lean, like he's longer, he's a little more lanky guy, and so I was like, oh man, 
is this guy going to be able to tackle? Like, am I going to get power on this guy? In the first game I watched, I think it was a Boston College game, maybe. Maybe it was a Boston that's College the, game. Uh, that's the cutoff that's available. Of him on the yeah, I did watch that. And then I had to watch a couple of other ones. Um, and so I, th- I think that's the first game I watched. And when I watched it, he was fine. But I was still like, oh, man, is he going to get overpowered? Is the strength there what I want it to be? Then I watched the next couple of games, and I was like, okay. he's He is stronger at the tackle point than I thought that he was going to be. He's got the strength now. He's got the strides. He's got some athleticism to him, and he's got the length. And so, man, it's it, it, we've said this all the time. Tools? This guy's got them. And I don't think it's all there for him yet. I thought that he was a little bit hesitant sometime moving one way or the other. Like I said, he, he ran super upright, and sometimes I thought he tackled super upright. But... In terms of the physical abilities, physical and athletic abilities, I think uh, Nasruddin's got him. I think he's he's got what you want. So really excited to see right. him I, I mean, play I this think, year. Yeah, I think yeah, I think he's tools plus plus. Like I think okay, there's tools, and then there's four two fifteen with enough range to get from the hash to the sideline. Like that's there's tools, and then there's whatever that power tools. I don't know what that is. That's a whole tool belt. I mean, that's just. <laughs> They're stupid. That, that comes out less than once per year in terms of draft classes. So we're tools plus. And then I also think it's plus. I think technique-wise, like, dude, Phil player, alley runner, uh, uh, you know, first guy to contact, second guy to contact, uh, uh, splitting splitting uh, routes in, in deep zones, splitting routes in short zones. Like, he's got technical understanding. Uh, and, and, and talking about, what was it, um, talking about Grant Delpit. Yeah, and I, I challenged you, like, all right, if you're if you're gonna go in the top ten, you better be able to lock down tight ends. You know what I mean? Nas uh, is not a lockdown man coverage defender, but if you can get him there at six four two fifteen, we have an ideal body type to match up against the Zach Ertz's and the George Kittles and the the Travis Kelseys of the world. If you can get him there, I mean this this is the this is the player you invest in when you're going modern defense, right? Like the Los Angeles Chargers are probably already trying to trade up to go get him, and they don't even know what draft they have. Yeah, that's fair. Like what what he offers to you in terms of where you can line him up. Like this is like this is a sort of player where like okay, toolsy. But oftentimes when we say toolsy, we say that all right, this is high bust potential, right? Because you might overdraft him because he's toolsy. No, I don't like, uh, yeah, this, I, I wouldn't say that in all situations. Right? I, I, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Is like, I think that sometimes toolsy gets the reputation of being like, all right, like high risk, high reward hmm. player. He's yeah, just got sure. tools. And I really think, and this is too early to say this, but I think that Nasruddin is probably not a low, low floor player. Because of how many, like, if he doesn't work, you know, in position X, just try him in position Y. Dude, 6'4", 215, and he can run. Like, if you can't get him to work on your defense, there's yeah. something wrong with your defense. There's probably nothing wrong with him. I think you got to clean some stuff up with his game, but I certainly, I, I, I could definitely see that. I could definitely see this guy being a I'm multiversal piece this for, is, this for is, an NFL uh, team. This is one of my early hills, for sure. I think you're a little bit higher on him than me, but I'm really excited to see him play this year, and I'm, I'm hoping, well, I was going to say, I'm yeah, hoping Florida State's yeah, defense is a little bit... Uh, I think I'm hoping Florida State's defense is a little bit better around him for um, maybe all but one game that year. Then I think I hope that they're absolute crap. We are revealing our top fives. You know, Ben, for the first time, I normally have a pretty good beat on what I think your top fives are going to be. The safety class is going to be really interesting because I think there's some guys that I might be able to name, but the order, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure what your order is going to be. You have it right now? 
I mean, like I'm like sketching it out right now. Oh, okay. Sure. All right. Well, don't 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 ruin the you know the teaser for tomorrow's pod. Number although... one, Donovan Stein. <laughs> Tomorrow we're doing top fives for the safety class. After that, we're getting to your questions on Fan Friday. We asked the questions on Wednesday. If you're listening to this podcast super early, you might be able to still get yours in. We had a ton of questions though, so um, try and get them in before we record. We're going to record earlier in the day, so if you can't get it in, then there's always next Friday. I'm excited for this one, though, because, Ben, we got a ton of questions for this week already. I've peeked at them a little bit. I say this all the time, but, like, y'all are cracking me up with some of these questions. I can't wait to put Ben in the most uncomfortable spots trying to come up with answers for this live on the podcast. But until then, you guys keep it locked right here on Locked on NFL Draft.